This podcast covers all things health, your body, your brain, and your well-being. Each week, we'll be joined by doctors, as well as the occasional guest, to talk about the health topics that mean the most to you. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One important member of the team is the social worker who can work with people with PD and their care partners to identify areas of need and find the resources to address those needs. Some social workers are licensed to provide emotional and relationship therapy themselves. I spoke with Elizabeth Delaney, a licensed clinical social worker in the Movement Disorders Division at Columbia University, to get a good picture of the role of social workers and why they should be an integral part of the PD healthcare team. She started off with a general description of what social workers do. Social workers across the board, I think, are there to kind of provide support to people and kind of assess not just the person and how they're feeling kind of emotionally on the inside, but how they're functioning within their world and their environment. So whatever that setting may be, the social worker is really taking into account that person and how they're functioning or interacting with other people or their environment. So typically across the board, social workers can provide assessments to assess family structure and the support system that a person might have, their physical or cognitive functioning, which might include their mood or how they feel about themselves. And we could provide supportive counseling. Some social workers, as I mentioned, can be licensed clinical social workers, so they can actually provide psychotherapy as well. And some social work provide case management services. So that could be coordinating certain concrete services or resources 
for a person to make their lives a little bit better. You know, I entered social worker to help people, and I think that's what most social workers do. So in any setting, it can kind of be, how can I help this person while taking into account the context that they're in and their life, essentially. What are some specific problems that arise with Parkinson's disease that social workers can address? So with people with Parkinson's, it's kind of complex because there are a lot of moving parts in order to make sure that they have the best quality of life. So it's not just the movement disorder specialist or the physical therapist or the care partner or how they're doing at home. It's all those things together. So the challenge for the social worker is kind of to make sure that all of those pieces are connected. In my role, in my center, I'm there to make sure that there's continuity of care. So from when they come into the office, see the movement disorder specialist, making sure they're connected to resources within the community. So in terms of Parkinson's, that can be wellness programs. It can be support groups to make sure that I'm providing the support when they come in, but I want to make sure that that support continues in the community. So that might be connecting them to support groups. It might be evaluating not only them, but their caregiver to make sure that the caregiver has the support they need to provide the care to the person with Parkinson's. So I think there are a lot of moving parts in the care of someone with Parkinson's, and that's the challenging part, is to make sure those moving parts are working together to make sure that the care is effective and that the person with Parkinson's is being connected and receiving the resources that they need to have a good quality of life. And that may vary in in the different stages that they're in with their Parkinson's. So this sounds like it's more ongoing continuity of care, a chronic sort of interaction, as opposed to some of the things social workers do, like homelessness and abuse and conflict and things like that. Is that right? Correct. In uh, an outpatient setting like I'm in, you know, there, of course, can be those moments where there are urgent referrals to me in cases of abuse or homelessness. But certainly it differs from maybe someone that's in inpatient realm of social work where they're focused on discharging the patient safely, but there's not really that continuity there. There's no follow-up unless that person maybe is rehospitalized and readmitted and that social worker comes across them. So it's a little bit different in an outpatient setting where we're continuing to see these patients and we're able to check in. So that's kind of where the role differs in an outpatient Parkinson center as opposed to a social worker that might be dealing with more urgent acute issues in the inpatient hospital setting, such as you mentioned, homelessness or abuse that has put them in the hospital. Are there social workers who have particular expertise in the Parkinson's area and should people with Parkinson's, if there are such... Here is a quick word from our sponsor. We take this few seconds off to inform you, our valued loyal listener, about the best health and fitness podcast shows from the Nespod Studios. Join us as we give you the best of the best health and wellness updates you can rely on for the treatment of chronic health problems. Classic functional medicine back to basics health tips and special updates from the best doctors in the United States of America. Check out this health and wellness podcast shows. Explore Health Talk Weekly, Healthy Lifestyle Matters, Excellent Health Digest, Healthy and Free Daily and last but not least. Weekly Health and Fitness Corner. Also, check out Nasty Boy CC The Truest Story Never Told Fiction Podcast, for that real life on the go experience with the 27-year-old golden boy who made our guest invite number one list. He tells us about his story as it happens in real time and in real life. It's Nasty Boy CC the truest story never told. Go get a load of that happiness because happiness is healthy as we know it.
Join us every week as we continue to provide you the best of health and fitness wellness updates from around the globe. Enjoy the show. People seek them out. Sure. So I think, at least at Columbia University, there was no real coursework that specified Parkinson's or maybe Alzheimer's dementia that specific. But certainly we learned about the health system and mental health issues. So to find a social worker that's specific to Parkinson's might be a little difficult, just as you know, a lot of patients want the people that are providing them care to know about their condition, and that is completely understandable. It just might be a little difficult since the education in social work school is not particular to Parkinson's. What I would recommend is to find a social worker that knows about chronic illnesses. So a lot of times social workers will gain that experience in hospital settings or nursing home settings where they might come across more chronic illnesses and they get that knowledge through experience. So asking or looking for someone that has experience in chronic illness or neurological conditions can certainly be helpful as opposed to a social worker that might not have that same background. And hopefully a lot of centers or centers of excellence, Parkinson's Foundation specifically, might have those social workers in place at their centers, and they would know or be more familiar with Parkinson's. So certainly if you are looking for a social worker, going to a center of excellence would be a good place to start, especially if you're looking for one that knows about Parkinson's. Do other health practitioners, including general neurologists and even movement disorder specialists, fully understand the role of social workers? So I think that's a good question. I think initially physicians get their training through residency programs and hospital settings, so they might be more familiar with those social workers that perform in crisis situations. So they might indicate a social worker for someone that's homeless or abused. But when they go into the private setting or medical center, they might not have that same exposure to social work. So it might be difficult for them to know if there is a social worker in their center, what exactly they help with. So I think there can be a lack of understanding of what social workers do, especially since the profession is so broad and they're seen in so many different locations. It might be hard for them to know exactly what we could provide in an outpatient setting specifically. You're at a center of excellence. I take it that they put together interprofessional teams and patients really uh, have a pretty comprehensive evaluation and treatment and ongoing care. How common is this? Can this be found in the community? Do most places operate this way? So I would say that maybe not most places operate this way, but I definitely think it's to their benefit to do so, especially with chronic illnesses. There are a lot of moving parts, as we mentioned. So I think that a lot of maybe community centers or senior centers have social workers there that can help provide similar services, specifically more so concrete services if they need like meal delivery programs or just kind of some support. But I don't think it's as common, but I think it's certainly gaining traction. I think there's a lot more focus on integrated care and better coordination of care, and I think that's starting to expand beyond just centers of excellences, and I think that's for the better, especially for our patients. Are there barriers to integrating social workers into the healthcare team? We have always or traditionally focused on sort of a medical model. It's a person walks in and has a disease as opposed to a person walks in and has a whole life that involves the disease and social, economic, psychological, and all sorts of aspects of their lives. So 
how well are social workers integrated into the healthcare team, given the sort of traditional nature of the medical model? Yes, so I think there is still a little bit of work to be done. Certainly, if there's a social worker on the team, the integration piece can be sometimes missed or they underutilize their social workers. So that goes hand in hand with knowing what a social worker can do. So if they are knowledgeable about what actions the social worker can take, they might better delegate clinical tasks to that social worker. And I think an important piece here is, or to go to integrating in a better way, is to educate the healthcare professionals or that team in what a social worker can do. Because I think the reason that the integration might not be there is that they just don't know. So for the social worker to sit down with their team, especially if the team already has case conferences, you know, for the social worker to explain how they could have helped in certain situations. And I think over time, it'll kind of work itself out in terms of what referrals are appropriate for social worker and what might not be. Are there enough social workers around who have expertise in Parkinson's disease or, as you said, chronic disease that people can readily find them and see them? I think that there definitely are social workers that have familiarity with chronic disease. So, you know, a good resource that I usually use is I go on Psychology Today, and you can actually search for social workers. Now, this will be more of a mental health focus there to kind of provide psychotherapy and support, but given that their social work background, they will be kind of used to providing resources as well. You can kind of search by specialty. So I usually put chronic illness or you can put coping skills and strategies because a lot of these more progressive illnesses, the focus could be on coping with the changes that come. So certainly that's a resource that I usually use. And also, you know, senior centers or community centers, they certainly have social workers in place that can help provide concrete resources. Another option is there's private social workers. They're called senior care managers that, you know, perform specifically the kind of the same tasks that I do just in the community for a private fee. And they usually have exposure to neurological illnesses or people with dementia as well, because those people tend to need a little bit more help and especially a lot more coordination with their care. So I think Psychology Today, your local senior center or community center and private senior care managers are certainly a few ways that they can access social workers. Are social work services generally covered by private insurance or employer insurance or Medicare? Yes. So I think a lot of the people that you would find on the psychology today would accept certain insurances, and you could certainly find that by filtering. The care managers would certainly function in more of a private manner, so it wouldn't be covered, although there are some long-term care insurance policies that might allow for that and might cover that. If you find a social worker in your center, For example, in our center, I don't charge for my services as long as you're a patient that comes to our center. You can speak freely with me and I can provide support and services at no cost to you without billing your insurance. And certainly in some centers where that social worker might provide psychotherapy, they could bill your insurance and your insurance would cover it if they're in network with it. Are there ways to measure and validate better outcomes if social workers are involved in patient care? Yeah, so I think there could be some measures in terms of continuity of care. So I think if social workers are involved in making sure that a person comes to the center and they're given a prescription for 
piece of medical equipment or they're told they need more help in the home, if they walk out of there and are unsure about how to go about that, that is something that could be measured. If they come back again and say that they didn't get the equipment, they never got an increase in their home health aid hours, that is something that a social worker could intervene in. You could certainly measure that and see how that kind of enhanced their quality of life. There's, I think, a Parkinson's quality of life scale that could be given to patients, and you could certainly see if those patients that have interacted with a social worker are scoring kind of higher on that scale, if they are doing better because there is more continuity of care because they have been introduced to a social worker. So I think there are ways to measure, specifically surrounding treatment plans and how effective those plans were with or without the introduction of a social worker. Is there anything important to add that you'd like to touch on? In my personal experience in working with people with Parkinson's, they do appreciate someone knowing about their disease. So I think it might be important for schools of social work to teach the importance of knowing about chronic illnesses or progressive illnesses. I think that's important. And I also think that it's important for people with Parkinson's to know that there's someone there at their center or just in general that they can go to if they have a question. I got a lot of times people calling just specifically to say, you know, I had a question for someone there. I just don't know who to ask. And I always say, you could always ask me. And if I don't have the answer, I could certainly point you in the right direction. And that's kind of what I want people to know is that social workers are there to help navigate this very complex healthcare system to make sure that you get the best quality of life that you can get. Very good. I appreciate it. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you.